Guardian angels and patron saints, pray, pray for us. Well, today, the Easter season comes to a close with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and his seven gifts on this Feast of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection. And as we hear the narration of that story from the Acts of the Apostles, as we do each year, uh, it's easy to think of this as, as a commemoration, again, of a historical event, rather than the condition in which we, uh, the believer, find ourselves. Yes, it happened to them then, but it continues to happen and is the condition in which we find ourselves now. Because the Holy Spirit is the breath, is the wind that drives the Christian life forward. The imagery of the stirring of the air, the the movement of the breeze, always makes me think of sailing. One of the most elegant and fascinating things that human beings do. I know we're all uh, land lovers here in Kansas, but I had a chance a couple of times when I was in college out on the West Coast to sail in the open ocean. And it always felt like a miracle that this thing would move the way that it did, smoothly and and with gracefulness and a kind of effortlessness. I think about sailing a lot. I've become a little obsessed with a series of historical novels written about the British Navy during the Napoleonic Wars in, in Europe, following a couple of characters through their careers as officers in the British Navy. It describes in great detail the various ships on which they serve, all the the characteristic forms of life that they experience at sea, and what it was like to be alive at that time. It's really really captured my imagination. And it fascinates me in some way to think on how there was once an entire art dedicated to constructing and maintaining and sailing and fighting with these ships that would sometimes have dozens and dozens of sails on them, hundreds of ropes that each controlled a specific part of the ship, manned by hundreds of sailors in which they could stay at sea for months or even years. All of that art lost. We don't need it anymore. We have have nuclear-powered aircraft carriers. Uh, These primitive sailing ships, of course, have, have gone extinct. The only people that sail are people who do so because they have too much time and money on their hands. (laughs) That whole culture of seafaring life, though, that arose around the naval endeavor, all of its drudgery and boredom and the hard work that it entailed, it was a brutal life, hard discipline, awful food, the living conditions cramped, rigid hierarchy and protocol, punishment. All of that punctuated from time to time by these furious battles with shocking destruction, launching these cannonballs into each other, injury and loss of life. All of this depended on the wind. You see, even when you were uh, in a big, powerful ship with dozens of guns, many times battles were decided by which crew could extract a little more speed from their ship by the delicate balance of sails and, and, and rigging and masts and even how you loaded the, the weight in the hull of the ship. Victory over your enemy or escaping 
from your enemy and pursuit of you could be determined by these tiny adjustments. These little adjustments that would move those hundreds of tons of wood and weaponry and human bodies through the water a little more quickly. Sometimes these encounters would be quick, lasting minutes, and the battle being decided with a few dramatic uh, broadsides fired off, or sometimes days for each of them playing a kind of chess game in the open water, trying to outmaneuver and outsmart the other. So it is in the Christian life. In the British Navy, without the wind, nothing happens. But with the wind, the whole crazy adventure of seafaring life. In our lives, without the Holy Spirit, without that power to harness God's inspiration and his movements, we are dead in the water. But with it, with it, we're masters of the sea, able to accomplish any mission assigned to us. We live a life that is driven by the breath of God, and his seven gifts are the sails that allow us to harness it. But just as in the British Navy of Jack Aubrey's time, the early 1800s, an untrained eye couldn't really spot the differences between a very well-run ship and a very efficient crew versus a poorly sailed vessel. To most of us, we wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So too, it's easy for us to miss the way that the gifts of the Holy Spirit show up in the Christian life and maximize our ability to follow his inspirations. But it is these gifts that make all the difference. The Holy Spirit very rarely shows up on the surface of things. It's hard to distinguish what sets a Christian life well-lived, heroically lived, from those little sloppy acts of negligence or lack of experience that hold us back. Those hidden interior movements of God, those are the ones that seem to count the most. Once we've eliminated the basic pitfalls out of our life, once we've trimmed away a lot of those significant, visible, and obvious sins, it's then that I begin to start to discern and recognize how God moves and trim our sails a little more efficiently. It's here that we listen to his encouragement, giving us a willingness to persevere in the Christian life and in the life of prayer, despite our faults, despite our failures, despite temptation or dryness in our, in our spiritual life. When we would gladly look, wish to look away and, and not pay so close attention. Or when we feel that the wind is blowing in our faces, sending us away from our destination. That somehow God has withdrawn himself from us. It's here that these gifts truly manifest their power. It's in these gifts that we recognize among the greatest gifts that God gives us in this life are precisely those ones that confuse or bother us, which make us think that God is far away, when on the contrary, 
He's taken a step back to draw us further and attract us to himself. Those are the greatest graces which cause us to judge that we're falling away from what we're supposed to be pursuing. When on the contrary, we are making steady progress towards our goal. You see, even when the the wind is blowing in your face, when your sails are set properly, you can sail into it. Our progress might be slow and wearisome. It doesn't, the, the amount of our progress doesn't seem to reflect the amount of effort that we're making, but there is progress, like a miracle, a poetry of these physical forces allowing us to sail into what seems like a headwind, contrary to what we, seem, what we would think possible. Sailing is becoming a lost art. You and I wouldn't know the first thing of what to do if we were to be placed on one of those old wooden ships. Are we also losing the art of catching and harnessing the breath of God? The thing is, sailors, they don't like being on land. As soon as their tour of duty is finished and they blow through their pay, they're ready to be back on the high seas ready for the adventure, ready for that life, that peculiar combination of adventure and discipline and rigor and exultation that is life at sea. We too, then, ask for that same indomitable spirit. And in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit, set your sails. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.